You're listening to Kapow, the pop culture podcast, comics, television, movies, and more. If it impacts fan culture, we have something to say about it. And now, your hosts, Michael, Jordan, Cliff, and Seth. like I'm at the Adelphia. Same effect. That was our intro music. You're supposed to be rolling. <laughs> Hold into the show. You gotta warn a brother. Hey, welcome to the show, apparently. My name is Jordan Lowe. I'm Cliff Barnes. I'm Seth. Michael went to the bar by himself. Like a regular mailman. <laughs> wow. Cliff Clavin. Hey, Clippy. <laughs> yeah, he needs to unwind. That's how he unwinds. But here's this is how we unwind by recording podcasts. Evidently. That's how we do it. That's right. <laughs> Terrible oh, news. This is shocking news. I when I take my break at work to eat lunch, Frazier is always on for like on rotation for a million years. And they switch to Golden Girls. Oh, what do I do? <laughs> I don't dislike Golden Girls. Yeah, yeah, that's there a was good a show. Hol- there was a hilarious line for the two seconds I watched. <laughs> Rose Betty White is like telling someone of her stupid stories. From whatever town she's at. What what what's what town was she from? Saint Olaf. <laughs> she was talking about a, a herring juggler. And Sophia's sitting there in the kitchen with her, the the oldest the old lady or whatever. She's just listening to her, <laughs> looking at her, and she's just like, herring juggler. And she and she's like they juggled herring. She's like, No, it was a herring juggling tiny Genzus. And almost filleted himself. And Sophia, I'm just getting ready to turn the channel. And Sophia just looks at her and goes, I hate you. <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, perfect. I'll ne- that's probably the best line in the whole series. <laughs> huh. oh. oh, wait, I have another non sequitur here. Because uh, I, I keep forgetting to say anything. Do you guys, you know, first off, I don't know your opinion on comic strips what your favorite comic strips but are but my which we probably should maybe do that sometime <laughs> i'd say my top three are uh uh bloom county farside and calvin and Hobbes is far and away the number one um but they the berkeley breathe started doing some more bloom county a few years mm-hmm. ago and i just discovered it or whatever recently and 
this it was when I started reading, it was the end of the pandemic and they've got Bill the Cat is totally wrapped up in all the uh he's got all masks and stuff and hazard suit. And when they finally tell him he can take it off, he takes it off and it's not Bill the Cat, it's Hobbs. <laughs> and and so for the past several weeks or whatever, they're trying to figure out, you know, what the deal is, you know. Opus is walking around with Hobbs. People think it's a stuffed animal, but you know, just the same thing. But now they're this past week they were searching for Calvin. So they're like, that's the big thing is like, what's a 40 year old Calvin you'll look like when they <laughs> get to him. So I'm excited. I can't, <laughs> this is good stuff. Yeah. It's been good since he's come back and he's able to do a little less. Uh, there's no censorship from the newspapers. Like he, he posts whatever he wants to online and yeah. it doesn't, it's not R rated, but there's things he complained about for years, not being able to, or you know, getting feedback that he didn't want from the syndicate and the newspapers, but yeah. and he can add dashes of color and you know extra extra fun right, things yeah. you could never do in the paper. I was kind of cool. wondering when you said that. I was like, you re- you read newspapers? <laughs> they still have. I somebody brought in a newspaper in the other day and left it at work and like, man, I haven't looked at it. I looked on my phone. But, mm-hmm. I mean, just the comic strips are still there, and like it's got the old one. And I mean, I'm talking it has the Prince Valiant and Rex Hup or whatever his name, all the really dumb, the ones you hated <laughs> that were like the, such a small snippet of a story. Oh, there's a scandal in Lower Salem right now about newspaper delivery. Oh, I've like missing day. On. They'll miss two days in a row and then deliver three papers at once. And like the, the old ladies in Lower Salem are not having it. And they keep oh, calling complaining but nothing's getting done with it are those missed things lining up with like friday night at the adelphia yeah mm-hmm. i'm not sure what what kind of a delivery person <clears throat> would be so irresponsible <laughs> it's hard to hold on to those you know they're trying to hold on to this mayberry out atmosphere out there mm-hmm. if there's if they stop the paper that's going to be a problem it all <laughs> falls all, apart how many yeah how many subscribers do you have and wouldn't you really want to keep them happy yeah, but apparently yeah. they're not too worried about it. So Otis is at the Adelphia. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds like Cold War code. Like Otis is at the Adelphia. <laughs> uh, hey, speaking of Cold Wars, I I saw it coming. Russians, uh, spies. Not necessarily bl- doing spy uh, things. Not really, but <laughs> yeah, that's as good a segue as we're gonna get for this one. Right. Marvel is back, everybody. After what two over two year hiatus, we got our first Marvel big screen movie, The Black Widow. There you are. We have to go back to where it all started. Where did you think I was all this time? We have unfinished business. My girls are the toughest girls in the world. I'm sorry. We had our orders and we played our rules. It wasn't real. It was real to me. Everything. Bring her home. 
Yeah, this was my first trip back to the theater. Yeah, how'd I, it go? I haven't been since whatever the last one. What? What we? What was the last one we saw? I know I saw Bad Boys and yeah. Birds of Prey. Which Birds one was? Birds of Prey. Probably, Birds of Prey was yeah, the last, probably one. last one. That was it. That's, mm-hmm. This is the first time back. Were there any kind of? This was Marietta. You went. Yeah. Were there any kind of? Were there like seating rules? Like you had oh, to space no. out or mask rules or anything? No. Whatsoever? no, I don't think there was any rules while. During no. the pandemic, no. just if you want, if you're brave enough to go, we're open. You can lick the butter right off the spigot. That's right. <laughs> yeah. There was, I mean, it was typical. Not that many people there, you know. I mean, it was opening night. It was that Thursday. Um, oh yeah. I called and was like, "Which one of these showings is is the big screen?" Because they had it in two theaters. So I think most people went to the other. And they showings. said. Hey, that guy's that guy's coming back. Yeah, yeah that's what they. Yeah, I guarantee, what it was. I'm the only one that calls. I guarantee it. They know who I am. Yeah. They hey, had a year turn off. the air they conditioner had... on. He's coming back. <laughs> yeah. <clears throat> so, anyway, yeah, I got in there and got to see it on the big screen. Hmm. Did they have your seat open? Oh yeah, my bro. Yeah, there's there was plenty of room in there. Plenty. Yeah, so, I uh, I rented it um, on, oh, Dis- on, on Disney Plus. Yeah, mm. yeah. I so. thought about it, but if it had been twenty instead of thirty, I might have done it. Well, I was a little disappointed because going into it, I thought I, I kind of made the decision that day, and I was like, I'm just going to rent that. And then when I got home and saw it was thirty dollars, I was like, oh, like ouch. But that's what Mulan was, so I, I mm-hmm. figured it would be. But in the end, had we went to the theater and saw it, it would just tickets alone would have been fifty bucks. So, yeah, and I and I that way I could watch it as you know often as I would like, and uh, you know whoever is on our account could watch it as often as they like. So share it with your legally your legal children. (laughs) Uh, Yeah, I had every intention of going to the theater. I was going to wait till after that opening weekend and go see it probably monday but then cliff says hey child of mine (laughs) here's access i was like okay i'll log into cliff's account yeah check it out so yeah watching it on disney plus it wasn't a huge different i'm sure it looked cool on the big screen there's some good action pieces but i'm sure it was fine i'm not yeah i'm not not gonna snob it up but i saw it It, it was fine it was baby yeah, that that was the first one I've rented that that premium access deal with them, and and I you know I wasn't sure how how I was gonna feel about it afterwards, but I liked the movie enough to where I was like, okay, cool. That was you know I don't feel like I got ripped off or anything in any way. So so that was that was a nice experience for the first time. So what do you guys think of it? So this is the long delayed long-awaited origin story 
of how she got that vest she was wearing in Infinity War. Exactly. And how she got that suit she was wearing in <laughs> Endgame. So those 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 we've been waiting for answers on that front for years now. So we finally answered a few of those questions. But now this was set right after Civil War in that timeline, which I thought was smart. It's a it's an era where she's off on her own. You know that you always get that question. Why don't you just call Thor to help you? Like, okay, no, she's got she's got to deal with this on her own. She's away. She's estranged from the Avengers at this moment, so that's a good time to set this. Yeah. But I can't help but think it would have been a good time to make it. Like, yeah. Why didn't you make this movie back then? If you want to set <laughs> okay. it, then you could. You had plenty pipe of time. In our, pipe in our theme song. Pearl Mother. Pearl Mother. Perlmutter's the problem. Perlmutter. He didn't want the the women stuff. But yeah, I I I was I tried to think what it would have been like had it come out in that timeline. How 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 it would have played. Because her story is over, and yeah. now we're going back. Which you could do. You know, comic books have done that. For you know, we have flashbacks and and origin stories and retcons and reboots. Like that's that's not something we're not used to. But it's like, would this have had a bigger impact if it was her continuing evolution rather than, oh, she, her story's done. Let's go back, circle around and fill in some stuff. You is, is it important or not? I think what I think the re, the one reason I think it would have had a bigger impact in in continuity is if is because in the end of Endgame, they would have had them standing there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That would have been dope. Like that would have been really freaking cool. When they, I mean, if they had the kid from Iron Man three, they're gonna have at least they're gonna at least have David Harbor or Florence Pugh standing there, you know. And yeah. that would have been freaking awesome because otherwise she was kind of forgotten at the end of that movie. Oh, absolutely. And, you know, that was Tony Stark's funeral, but but they would have been standing there, and it would have been like a remembering thing and that yeah. extra touch. So. Yeah, I went yeah, back I, and, I, I and I wish for that. I even watched Endgame after uh, after we'd watched uh, Black Widow. I went back a couple days later and I was like, oh, I don't watch this. And yeah, it it's definitely would have it definitely would have uh, uh, made a difference because I had that thought too of like, okay, if this if this had been filmed, you know, in mm. order, then immediately, I mean, at least. I think David Harbor, if nothing else, would have would have had some impact and been a big hit, and yeah. they would have felt compelled to include him in in some of these other stories and movies and stuff. So, I think that uh, yeah, I think there's a chance that he could be. Like, I don't think they planned on that, but he he was great yeah. in this. Yeah, I, I love that. That's my other major piece of criticism. We can get the bad stuff out of the way first, I guess. <laughs> Is that that's always been the knock on this character. Scarlett Johansson's a very famous actress. She's a good actress. The character is interesting, but she's always kind of in the background of the Avengers movies. Mm-hmm. These, these movies, there's big personalities and big, you know, extravagant action. And Scarlet Witch is always, or Scarlet Witch. That's not her name. It's Black Widow. Black Widow. See, I've even forgot her name. She's so well, important. Her name's Scarlet. I forgot her name. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, yeah, so she's always in the background of these team movies. So, hey, let's give her a solo movie. And what do they do? She's on a team with people who are way more interesting than her. Yeah. Every other character, all the, everybody <laughs> in the family was so intriguing and interesting and funny and clever. 
and like she kind of faded into the background of her own movie. Yeah. So it's her time to shine, and it was—it's okay. It wasn't a solo movie. It's good to have other characters, but like, it, it, all the other characters were more interesting, and it's like that never really like we talk these Disney Plus shows give people real big spotlights, and you make you fall in love with these characters again and learn a lot more about them. And I don't feel like that happened with Black Widow. I I totally agree. Uh, but that character has always been like that in the comics and. You know, she's always been that side character. There's a sidekick or a girlfriend, or yeah. yes, it, it's always been kind of the the role. And it's it's too bad, but people like it, the character; they like it, but they nobody no no one knows what to do with her. Mm-hmm. And they they proved it. But luckily, this supporting cast was great, mm-hmm. and the story had the right mix of Vin Diesel voice family and uh and humor Uh, i mean those are the two things that i wasn't expecting in this Mm -hmm. movie and did not and did not know that i needed like that it like what if you'd asked me what this movie was going to be we thought we knew what this movie was going to be like (laughs) it was just going to be like cookie cutter uh very serious you know and may i I mean just not what it was like it it was going by the numbers oh here's what happened in budapest and here's here's how we got a vest and setting up all that stuff that you know fitting in the puzzle pieces that we've missed in her origin and it was it did that a little bit but it it was its own story it was very much its own thing right i thought it was going to be a black widow colon buddha vest Mm. but but uh (laughs) <laughs> the but then we got you know all all those rich characters I, and so much of the movie was dialogue and just interactions and just pouring on and pouring on the family stuff and I, I loved that I could not get enough of that like I I really want to see it again you might have given me your password card <laughs> yeah I, 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 I figured you would be into it because it felt very mission impossible yeah it felt like more less than a superhero movie and more of like a, a spy action thriller that you you always gravitate towards so i, yeah. I about a half hour into it i was like okay i get why seth was digging this and i love the humor of florence Pugh and Har- david harbour just like ridiculously good both of them yeah that david was definitely harbour- that was my favorite part of the of the whole of the whole thing was just those two going back and forth in their their terrible Russian accent. (laughs) Bring it all of it. I love it. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) (laughs) Just even that like Mr. Incredible moment where when he's trying to, you know, shove that suit on, I was just like, yeah. (laughs) Yeah. I saw something today. I'm talking about that or something saying how they, it's like, they like make a mold of your body and then they make this suit around it. He goes, and then when it, when they went to shoot that scene, he's like, they freaking laundered it like a new <laughs> pair of jeans in the dryer that yeah, now I got to try to put this thing on at 275 pounds. You know? Yeah. It's hilarious. Yeah, I, I did. So I, I really, I enjoyed it way more than I thought I was going to. Um, we were, we, I think we all did. We were all pretty engaged into that movie. Watch it, sit down to sit down and watch it again. And um, yeah, I mean, even like, I, I was very similar. I thought it was going to be just 
oh, this is what happened in Budapest. And, and I thought I had already just from the preview nailed down like Taskmaster. I was like, oh, that's going to be, so did I. I was like, that's totally going to be Rachel, uh, Rachel, um, wheeze. And, and I know what's going to happen. And then I love blood. I did not know. Like, like at partway through, I'm like, well, it's not her. Yeah. And like I expected, like yeah. everyone just nobody they, even really talked about it. It's gonna be her. Yeah. And then the the what it what it ended up being was like so good. Like, you know, mm-hmm. I thought that was great. Yeah, I did too. I w- I was pretty happy with the whole thing. Especially not having very high expectations going into it because I thought, oh, this is just a moneymaker. They're just doing this to, you know, send her off and and so they can say finally, oh well, we made your Black Widow movie. You know, if you'd and- have told me that at the beginning of the movie, first off, they go right back to your era, Cliff. They mm-hmm. they right back oh, there, yeah. nineteen eighty-five, four, Pretty somewhere sweet. there. Perfect. <laughs> I expected to see you sitting there opening a present. <laughs> um, do, you, do you know who the girl was that played young Natasha? <clears throat> no, but she is- remind. Go up, go ahead. Her name is Ever Anderson, and she is the daughter of Mila Jovovich. I was going to say she looks like Mila Jovovich. Huh. So her and the director Paul W. S. Anderson, who did all those. Ah, I wish I would have said that before you told me that because that's who <laughs> she reminded me of. But yeah, she has the same very intense-looking eyes. Wow! Like, and I said she she, like she she speaks Russian already, and she does you know martial arts and gymnastics like so. She's she's training to be a young a young Mila Jovovich. So that's amazing. So kind of perfect. What I first off, it, just that Americans vibe. Like I don't know, you guys didn't watch that show. You might watch a little bit of it. I don't know, but it's in like you. Yeah, but I mean that's what it was. You did. Yeah. They had anyone that even knows of that show knows that's what that that is, and that they did all the heavy lifting for them. You know, I don't. Before this movie, so we were like, "Oh, okay, that's kind of the, the Americans deal." But uh, that, af- I think it was a- after the cold open when they when they okay they've taken or we're going into spoilers here. Okay, <laughs> now we're gonna we've we've given yeah. you a chance, but if you don't want to be spoiled for Black Widow, cut and run. But anyway, the after the cold open, which was exciting and good, you know, I, I like that. But if you'd have told me that the opening credits were going to be with an alt version of smells like teen spirit i'd have i'd have said uh of course it is and of course what another cookie cutter exactly what i think it would be instead i was like i couldn't have settled into my seat more i loved that the vibe of that song i can't wait to see that again like just that it really started to give it that seriousness of like oh look it's you know what was the name of that movie with Jennifer Lawrence. It's like Red Sparrow or something like that, or what? Oh, yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. I yeah. saw that movie, and it's like the super dark version of of this. But it gave enough that this opening with the Nirvana and stuff sm- um, sounded like. I mean, it started to give that vibe, and you really were they. They didn't pull the too many punches as far as what was ha- going to happen to these girls. You know how they mm-hmm. were going to be trained yeah. and it was dark and all that. And, you know, I I like that from Marvel that they allowed that vibe to come off there at the beginning of the movie. That 
they're going to be treated poorly. Mm-hmm. Even David Harbor is like awful, you know, letting you know, letting them be used. But that that really set the tone. I was like, okay, they're going to take this seriously, but somehow have this humor, like mm-hmm. so good. Well, there were a couple of interviews. Um, the director was uh, Kate Shortland, uh, so female director. Didn't have a lot of experience. No blockbusters under her belt. Like just a, some short films, some TV work, a couple little indie movies. But I'm not sure who she is or how she got here. But, <laughs> but they trusted this big budget movie with her. But there are some discussions. Uh, it was right uh, in the Me Too era as this was being developed. Right as all that stuff was breaking. So the director and Scarlett Johansson both said that was so important to layer that in that idea of women being stronger together, you know, as the talking spoilers, as the, you know, they all break out mm. and help each other. And then, you know, Ray Winstone, the villain was basically supervillain Harvey Weinstein, you know, as, as yeah. exploiting young women and, and facing no consequences. And that, so as this was being developed, right. As all that news was breaking that the, the undercurrents of the, of the me too and the feminism and stuff were, were pretty strong throughout. Yeah, it was. So we got to, you know, I, I, I will, I will say there's a little bit too much redemption here for uh, Rachel Weiss's character. Cause it seems like she was bad. Like the whole time. Yeah. That was my one. Th- I I'm I'm gonna rewatch it, but I that was the one thing I didn't quite get why she flipped. Yeah. Why, it, did she have to flip? I don't know. But like when we see her, she's training these pigs, and it seems like she's still involved. She's still with this group, and then all of a sudden she's not. So I I don't know if I missed some important clues or if the the, the plotting was a little probably not. It, I, it there, was but. it wasn't super tightly plotted here and i guess like, oh I, my daughter i'm redeemed through the love of family and all that stuff but that didn't seem like the correct right. <laughs> the correct outcome but she was still good in it and then yeah. uh and looked amazing like when she switches over in, into the suit and stuff at the end yeah. i'm like that wow that's why they cast her because she can pull she, that off at her age she can fill out a suit jeez but Me too, uh Cliff. <laughs> Me too. Be careful. Yes, okay, David Harbour. He felt his suit. Um, <laughs> the, uh, but Florence Pugh, I, I've been a fan of hers the last few years. She's been the newcomer. She's not so new anymore, but to uh, have got this role and, you know, brings that humor that she's able, that dry humor she was doing. I loved all the, well, this is not a cool way to do <laughs> that stuff and just being a, a smart ass yeah because that's not something scarlett johansson can do she's mm-hmm. not that's not her specialty she has to she had to play the straight and narrow in, in the movie so that all these people like you said everyone around her is interesting and funny mm-hmm. so but uh, i don't know yeah, she's the breakout uh she's definitely going to be in more marvel stuff like we hope these that we see these other characters again, but we're definitely going to see Yelena again as a, a Black Widow two or whatever we're going to call right, it. Right, right, right. Thunderbolt, man, come on, get on the Thunderbolt train. They're setting something up there. So yeah, I have no idea about that post credit sequence. If that if that was the thing that had already been shot, it's before, a shorter version. It's a shorter. 
uh, Julia Louis-Dreyfus showed up in Falcon the Winter Soldier to make her official first appearance as the Contessa. So I assumed this was already shot and in the can. It, yeah. I, I love that, though. That, that, ta- that, I mean, it seems obvious that they would do that, but you had this, the very professional uh, thing with Nick Fury coming in and recruiting all these elite goody two shoes Avengers. And then now it's the trash. She's like coming in, picking up the anti heroes and being the kind of snide, jokey person at the gravesite just happens to show up, you know almost Batman like just happens to be there. You know, it's just like, that's, I love that. That is awesome. You love, everybody loves an anti-hero. So you get, you know, picking up all the bad ones along the way. That's why it just feels thunderbolts to me. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And, and I think when, when Falcon and the winter soldier came out, I think they had made that announcement that, that or made it clear that she had already, the character had already been shot for Black Widow and was supposed to be, you know, released a year or two ago, whenever, however the hell long we've been talking about this movie. But, um, yeah, so. I feel like it worked better this way. Because if that had that scene had just come out like, wait, who is she? What is that? What's going mm-hmm. on? What's she yeah. doing? Like this, that's already we already know all that. So we didn't need a long drawn out scene there. And then again, we can we can throw Taskmaster into that. They didn't they didn't kill yep. her off at the end. She might end up as a thunderbolt or on some road to redemption. Yeah, Seth, that you you love that character in the comics. Did you have any? Well, I mean, disappointment I, that it's so different, or did you like the twist? Okay, absolutely no disappointment in the difference. Like, no, I I think this is better. This is a a better reason or whatever you know this care you know this girl they've established you know why she would have been made to you know do this so i think that's better than the comics as far as i'm concerned um but still came off a little bland still like Mm -hmm. i i don't i didn't recognize enough of the moves that i'm sure that they I'm, i'm i've seen headlines of articles like here's every move the taskmaster did that was a move yeah. from another movie, yeah. but I'm like, I, whatever. I didn't, I, I saw a couple things, but it didn't like blow me away. I, that kind of stuff. But so it was a little bland. And I did, when, when we first see her, they're like putting a chip into the helmet or something. And I, I didn't, again, I didn't quite follow. Mm. Is this her innate ability or is it technology? I, I didn't mm. quite there, get what her skills were. Yeah. There was no mention of it. Knows. Um, <laughs> So I was just like, okay. <laughs> but yeah. Well, it, and there, it was, was, there was some dumb stuff too. There was, oh, I, I like the whole making fun of her landing pose and all that mm-hmm. stuff. That was funny. But the, there was dumb things like the whole, gotta sever your nerve by smashing your head on the desk. <laughs> <laughs> so you don't smell yeah. as musk. And maybe, I don't know, maybe I got up for water or something, but I didn't remember there towards the end, like the, uh, David Harbor and, and Rachel wise were in the helicopter and it's going down. And then I think it just kind of cut away there. And then the next time we see them, they're fine. Like there was no, we never saw what, 
Like, oh, it landed one time really hard. Did you oh, not did see it? it? Okay, maybe I did get up. It was and, a big joke out. in the movie. Like they said, uh, we're gonna, you know, this we're never gonna make it. And somebody, yeah. and, so, and he's like, oh, we can make it. This thing will make it all the way there. And then the very next moment is crash, and it oh, lands okay. on the ground. Yeah, I might have gotten up and walked away <laughs> at that yeah. point. <laughs> yeah, it was a it was a joke moment or whatever. It was pretty good. Any other thoughts? I, I uh, the only other thing I had written down was about Taskmaster. That my thought was, and I don't I don't like to go. Well, the movie should have done this, but my thought was, you know, the whole thing was we got to get her to breathe this stuff and get her so she's not controlled anymore. And I'm like, I think they're angling toward she she's not being controlled. She's doing this because she hates these people. Oh, like, yeah. And I thought that would have been a stronger. Like, yeah. why would you need to mind control her? She's out for vengeance and that kind of stuff. So I thought, I thought that would have, I thought that was the twist they were going for, and then yeah. it wasn't. So that would have been good. See, yeah. <laughs> they don't ever call us. <laughs> and then, yeah, Endgame was on this weekend at some point, and I watched that scene when uh, her and Clint go after the gym, and the Red Skull says, "Natasha, daughter of Ivan." I was like, wait a minute, how does that line up? I was trying to crack the code of how that is. And and Clint says, like, you're they're asked, like, why are you trusting this guy? Because he knows your daddy's name. And she says, I didn't. Yeah. So uh, that 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 tied in nicely where, you know, that's yeah. not her real father. So there there right. she has a, a real family out there somewhere that she never knew. Right. And and there was I don't remember what movie it was, but there was a at some point in one of the movies, somebody says something to her and, and calls her Dracoff's daughter from like one of the early Yeah, that I saw that's from the original Avengers when Loki has her and is like taunting that's, her, trying to break her with all the bad things she's done. And he says, yeah. Dracoff's daughter, like he's listing all her uh. sins and the red in her ledger. So that was, uh. I'm sure, just a throwaway line at, at some point that they, they thought maybe mm. they'd get to at some point. But that. Again, I appreciate the attention to detail that I don't always go back and triple check this stuff and and look yeah. for these clues. But I'm glad that I'm glad that somebody it's, is. Uh, and is it's something to nice to it's something nice to discover on a rewatch mm -hmm. of other mm -hmm. things where they all tie together. That's one thing they can do with it, which is what they did, you know, have done with these series, like we talked about with Wandavision things like that, mm -hmm. where they make take things from other movies that weren't really anything and playing them in here to try to make it, you know. When you can do a movie that goes back a few years, boy, you could really yeah. <laughs> web in some stuff. So are we to assume, I, I, don't, I haven't even heard of this, so she is going to hate Clint Barton, ooh, and, you know, so is she going to be in the Hawkeye show? I, I assumed as much, yeah. Maybe not in a large amount, or I don't know whether she's going to be the villain or if she's just going to be there a little bit or what, but I had not heard, I, and... I don't even know that I love that. I'm yeah. not a big fan of misunderstandings being a plot point. Yeah, it's like the two heroes have to fight each other before right. they team up. And that's not that's not my jam. Yeah. So I hope that that doesn't drag on. <laughs> so yeah, a couple little nitpicky things I had, and some 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 things that didn't quite line up. But overall, I thought it was very strong for a movie I wasn't looking forward to that much, and was just seeing it okay it's the next marvel thing it, it it was it was surprisingly entertaining and i i was much more into it than i thought i'd be and again i think it'll be good on a rewatch all the the fun action the the the, the hand-to-hand -hand stuff was good the 
going across the across the rooftops. Like I said, all that Mission Impossible stuff. Yeah, will be will be fun to watch. You know, it'll be on cable uh, every yeah. weekend. Yeah. So we uh, all liked it. Yeah. All right. So that, that's the big Marvel movie out of the way. Any other movies you've seen recently? Mm. So I saw another big feminist action film just came out on Netflix. Gunpowder Milkshake. Oh. Mm-hmm. You've seen the trailers and stuff for that. I need to exchange some books. Come. Scarlet's kid. How is your mother? I haven't seen her in 15 years. Mom! Let's get you into a good book. You'll need a Jane Austen. A Virginia Woolf. And an Agatha Christie. For reading. Sam, your talents are needed. Somebody stole from us. He's crazy enough to steal from the firm. Is it done? There's a change of plan. They have an eight-year-old girl. I can't leave her to die. Sam, you killed the wrong people. You're no longer under our protection. Some bad men are coming to hurt us. We have to go where it's safe. Hi, Mom. God, no. <laughs> yeah, that's one of those that maybe I'll catch up with whenever I get Netflix again. Yeah, that is Karen Gillan. Mm-hmm. I think that's how you pronounce that from Doctor yeah. Who, and she's Nebula in the Marvel movies. Lena Headey, Michelle Yeoh, Angela Bassett, and of course, Carla Gugino. So a powerhouse cast of strong ladies. And it's a very pulpy action sort of movie. Um, it's you know uh, Karen Gillan is a is a an assassin. Uh, there's this this syndicate called the Firm, and it's all very it's John Wick feeling of in right. that sort of thing of the there's the, all these rules for getting assassinated and stuff. And, but I thought it felt a lot more like Kingsman to me. Uh. Uh, in the in the kind of violence and the action and the just over the topness, but it also had a real Jackie Chan feel of like, wow, you're throwing me all over the place. I but, don't but know it's what like, to expect it, now. It's, it's not it's a, it's super violent, but it had that Jackie Chan kind of feel in the choreography of like, you know, jumping mm. on a rolling chair and sliding across like, the room, super and, and hitting somebody with a painting, like just using the environment. So it's not See, all just gunplay. I, when when you say Kingsman, like I think of the way those all seem to be directed, where they're like the camera is always like following thing or mount, mounted or you know it's always very almost fake looking that where the camera can be. You yeah, know. yeah. It's not quite that. The directing is not. I don't. I, I didn't recognize the director's name or anything that they had done before. So the style, like actually the first fight scene, I thought was really bad. It was shot almost trying to do like a one take sort of thing. What's that old boy type, you know, the mm. hammer fight, like trying to do a almost like a side scroller video game where you see all the action and it, it just didn't look good. Right. It's like, is this going to be this whole movie? But the, the ending couple of fight scenes are incredible. So it's not a great movie, but the action 
eventually gets there. And like I said, I love Carlo Gugino. Michelle Yeoh is awesome. So there, there's some really good action, and the humor is a little bit like uh, groan, groan inducing. So it, it, it was trying to be this funny, over the top action thing, and it, it only kind of nailed a couple, <laughs> a couple of those <laughs> angles. So it wasn't as like over the top, violent, R rated as like a John Wick, mm-hmm. but it wasn't as clever and colorful as some of these other movies, but I, I enjoyed it. I thought all the actresses were really great as just a fun over the top, you know, turn your brain off and just enjoy it kind of movie. It was, it was by the end of it. I it had won me over. I'll say. Yeah. That's funny because, um, I watched a movie and I, I had messaged you guys about it as we were watching it. It came out on Disney plus, uh, I don't know, a few weeks ago. And I described it as little mermaid plus a little, Cugino, and uh, and we get Pixar's Luca. We can go anywhere, do anything. We just gotta stick together. We underdogs have to look out for each other, right? Underdogs. This is gonna be the best summer ever. Right down every road. See the whole world together. It'll be amazing. <laughs> but there's just one thing. Whoa, 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 wait. Did you see that? No one can find out. Please don't take the sun shine Where did you boys say you were from? About some, this family, uh, this boy, he's a sea monster slash mermaid type character um it's kind of like the little mermaid without ursula they don't need her to turn to, to give them legs when they when they get out of the out of the ocean and then onto dry land they automatically transform into and just look like regular people um which i thought this doesn't sound great but uh, my daughter really wanted to watch it so we sat down and watched it and um we both agreed that we liked it. She liked it way better than I did. And it's a cute story. Um, I really like they they do a very good job with the animation and being uh giving it a, a real it, it kind of plays between an authentic Italian um background and a very stereotypical Italian at time at times, but, but as far as, as a, as a family movie goes, um, it's got some good messaging. It's pretty over the top on like, um, acceptance. Um, that's the theme running through it, but, um, but it was really enjoyable. It was fun. It was cute. Um, there's some good humor, really good humor in there and just, you know, they, they played up the, the naive 
ness of the characters and the, uh, the main, especially the two main characters of being, you know, we're, we're, we've lived in the ocean this whole time and we're now we're discovering man's world type of thing. But, um, I, I, I was down with it the first time we watched it. Carly has been watching it, uh, several times over. So I sat down again, uh, second time with her and watched it again and liked it. I actually ended up liking it better the second time. Um, so I noticed some things that I didn't notice before, but that's on Disney plus currently. So, um, it's not the best Pixar movie, but it's, it's pretty good. Um, it seems like Pixar used to be an event when a new Pixar movie came out and now it seems like they're coming out quite more, uh, closer together. They're a lot more frequent. Um, you know, Pixar was so groundbreaking for you know, that first run of all those cars and Toy Story and Monsters, Inc. and on and on and on. And they were these original stories. And then all of a sudden they, you know, they did what studios do and they started making sequels. And then it just became one sequel after another sequel after another sequel. And um, John Lasseter went away and they kind of got together and said, we're, we're done making sequels. We're going back to, you know, what made us famous original stories and stuff. And I mean, it, it hasn't been up to that original standard, but I feel like they're slowly getting there. Um, Coco was great. I loved Coco, but some of the, some of these latter ones haven't been, you know, maybe, maybe quite up to, up to snuff, but they are getting better. And I think partially it's, you know, we've had a couple come out with, um, uh, with the Disney plus because of the pandemic, instead of being in, in theater, soul was that way that, that everybody it might, it to, might have something to do with it. Less fanfare. That's yeah. That it's not a big theatrical opening. Yeah. It's interesting. Cause I mean, my daughter's 14 now and like, she loves soul. She watches that movie all the time. She has really liked this Luca movie. So it really hasn't, I've noticed with her, like they, it hasn't missed a beat. Like she's, thoroughly enjoying all these movies to the point where she's watching them multiple times uh over and over so but yeah it, it was pretty good though it was cute did you have any other movies there jordan that you saw uh just the only other one i watched well i watched a couple on hbo i watched that that movie the hunt oh the, i uh, saw it's on there I the very controversial film with betty gilpin as hunting humans for sport kind of thing <laughs> Uh, not much to say about that one, but just that if, if you watch one minute of that movie, you, there's no way you can find controversy in it of like, cause it's the idea that these liberal elites were kidnapping good American conservatives and hunting them for sport. And then that became, this is what Hollywood thinks of us. And it's right. like <laughs> forgetting that in movies like that, the people who are the hunters are the bad guys. Right. So this was a very satirical movie, but the satire is not that good or clever. So it wasn't, <laughs> I, I don't know, it didn't, there's no way you can confuse it for having a political agenda going one way or the other. But uh, I don't know, it was trying, a lot of use of like snowflakes and, and, and uh, you know, yeah, it sounds a lot like of hot I'm... button terms used, but not real clever politics. Sounds like a turn off to me. Yeah. But Betty Gilpin, uh, she, 
her performance. Well, was I knew why better. you watched it. I knew, I knew why you watched it. Well, I'm just we saying need a she thing like, for her. We have, we have this for the one. Betty Gilpin. We need to get a Betty Gilpin. <laughs> but like, she was so much better in the movie than she needed to be or had any right to be. Right. Yeah. And like her, her southern accent almost felt real. Like southern accents are so broad most of the time. Of like, what do you even mean? Like hers felt kind of authentic. And like she had uh, the kind of depth to her acting. Like I don't know, she she was above and beyond that. But again, uh, for a horror movie, it had a few surprises. Like some people get killed off in very strange, uh, surprising ways. But uh, mm. a mild recommendation if you're curious. But uh, the other HBO was uh, the Steven Soderbergh movie, No Sudden Move. Yeah, I'd seen some good uh, good reviews on that, but I haven't watched yeah. it yet. This one is Don Cheadle, Benicio Del Toro, Brendan Fraser, David Harbour, once again, uh, Julia Fox from Uncut Gems, Kieran Culkin, John Hamm, Ray Liotta, and uh, a couple other maybe actors that you wouldn't suspect to see, but I won't spoil that. Uh, set in 1954 Detroit, a couple of small-time criminals get involved uh, with a money-making scheme that's too good to be true, and then some twists happen, and you don't you don't quite know what it's about. Like they're trying to basically steal a file, and you don't really know what the is in the file mm-hmm. or why it's important. But people are after it, and it's worth a whole lot of money. And by the end of the movie, you get some nice ties to history. You know, being being in Detroit and the auto industry, and how you know Detroit was the booming capital. You know the, the the yeah. center of American capitalism in the fifties, plus all the racism involved and the, uh, the, all that kind of looming over the whole story. So it's a fun sort of twisty crime story, but it, it, it adds on layers that again, you don't even know you're getting until, until uh, more things are revealed. So I, I thoroughly enjoyed it. I thought it was great, but my problem was I got to the end and my brain was like, Man, I wonder what the next episode is going to be like. I, I've been watching so much TV; it felt like a TV show, and I was like, "Oh crap, there is no more!" Like this was—I I wasn't—I <laughs> wasn't—I wasn't in movie mode. So yeah, yeah, I'll, I'll get around to that one then. I'm just waiting for somebody to sell it. You sold it to me. Everybody else has been like, "Eh, it's good." Fisheye lens is annoying, and but I'll watch it now. But there's a lot of like, no wait, why would that be? There? There, there's stuff I I didn't get or didn't follow or who? Why is that guy mad at that guy? But it, it I didn't I didn't mind too much about that. It's it's very puzzle box sort of thing. But I I thought it was in the end it was all uh, it all worked out for me. <laughs> Glad that happened. <laughs> <laughs> all right, let's do some uh, let's do some one job. We had a request.
Jesse Starcher. I, th- I think you all may have heard of him. <laughs> he made a request, didn't he, Jordan? What do you want? He did, the Jesse. Uh, as we are wont to do in discussing people uh, who have recently passed. Yeah, we. That, speaking of happiness, <laughs> we like to do the sad, sad right. truth. So earlier this month, director Richard Donner passed away. And Jesse wanted to know our opinions on uh, his one job. And a few sprung to mind, like, oh, I know him from those. But I, I guess I didn't realize quite how many he had done. Yeah. Yeah, I definitely agree. I mean, uh, instantly, just, I I think most people uh, that probably listen to our show would say, oh, Superman 2, you know, immediately. That was my reaction. Superman 2. Oh, okay. And then I was like, what else did he direct? I have no idea. <laughs> Well, he's been in the industry since 1960, according to IMDb. But, like, most of his career was TV shows. Mm. He directed TV for a decade. And it was all, like, every Western you've ever heard of, The Rifleman and all these all these shows. Twilight Zone, The Man from Uncle, Perry Mason, Get Smart, Wild Wild mm. West, The Banana Splits. <laughs> Wow. So like he he directed hundreds of episodes of TV before he ever got to a feature. And that was 1976 and The Omen. So his first theatrical film going out of TV is The Omen, which is a horror classic, is it not? Yeah. Yeah, I uh again, like Cliff said, I think of well, I think of Superman is what I think of, but I but not but I have no attachment to that movie. Like I, I know there was multiple Superman movies and I know that his affiliation with like the second ones, the, the Donner cut isn't right, that the one right. that has all that, but yeah. I don't even know if I've ever seen it. I don't, I, I don't know if you guys know this. I don't like Superman. <laughs> <laughs> so, so I don't really care. I, I'm sure I saw Superman when I was a kid and you know, and that's about it. I don't care. Yeah, I, I don't know the full story there, but I know he was like halfway through directing it and there were some problems with the studio. So he got taken off and replaced with another director. Right. So if you see the original Superman 2, somebody else's name on it, but like at least half the footage, it was shot by Richard Donner. Mm. And then this is the first time we get that, you know, the, you know, we had the famous Snyder cut here recently, but now that was released the Donner cut and that came out on DVD and stuff years later. So there is a, a Donner cut of Superman 2. Yeah. Just, you know, from the you know start yes. of fan culture that <laughs> entitled fan culture, I guess. Yeah. I've always uh admired his gif of uh Antonio Bandanas and Assassins. <laughs> one of the best gifts. Uh great, great gift director. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I, I give all the credit to Richard Donner. Um, what else? Oh, I did the toy. I see the toy. The toy. What? A That's a movie I've seen. Yeah, I've seen that one a lot. It's a good one, Master Bates. Yeah. Uh, um. Then you <laughs> got. I, I see Lady Hawk mentioned a lot, but I've never seen that. One. I've seen fantasy. It. I've seen it. Yeah. I, it's it's fine. But I, it would not be my pick. No. But yeah, it's fun. Maverick, uh, you know, he's a 
you know, it's a Western. It's it's surprise. It's better than it has any right to be. Yeah, we had that on VHS. I watched that quite a lot. I liked I like Maverick a lot. Yeah, that's a that's a good one. And um, conspiracy theory. He's he really likes Mel Gibson. Yeah, I was gonna say (laughs) it's a little problematic nowadays. But I mean, there was literally a a thing the other day. Did you guys see like? Thing where Trump was at the in where at, oh, at the, I saw uh, UFC it. thing, and you can see, yeah, Mel Gibson standing there saluting, him. <laughs> <laughs> like, like, oh, uh, of course, uh, yeah, this yeah, guy yeah. that's a raving lunatic, uh, <laughs> would love Trump, of course. Um, what else you got? Radio Flyer, I, I know I've seen that. That's that sad, uh, what's his face, Hobbit movie. It. <laughs> <laughs> as soon as I said it, I was like, "That's not his name." Um, Frodo is in it, yeah. And uh, timeline. Has anybody seen that? Yeah. Mm, I've never seen it. I've never seen it. But is that like a Michael Crichton? Michael Crichton novel. A group yeah, of okay. archaeologists become trapped in the past. Oh, must survive in 14th century France. Wow, sounds sketchy. Um, Scrooged, old Scrooged, and 16 Blocks, The Goonies, which I I don't know if I've ever mentioned before, like I never was a Goonies guy. I missed the boat on the Goonies, and when I tried to, you know, I kind of felt bad, like, oh, I I missed the Goonies. You know, I know that's a huge huge cultural milestone for people our age and, and i've tried watch i tried watching it one time it's terrible <laughs> it is not a good movie like i'm sure it was good then but it is uh, there are a lot of movies from back then that hold up and this ain't one of them everybody talking uh, over each other like a bunch we're gonna of lose maniacs. some patrons yeah we're gonna lose some patrons i, I do not time. like the goonies <laughs> i, no I have i have some love for the goonies I'm sure I if if I had nostalgia for it, I I'm mm-hmm. not I'm not squashing that. Yeah. Like yes, if you loved it back in the day, I'm sure it was everything it was supposed to be. But I'm just saying, for movies like that that do still hold up, there's no way you could tell me that one does because <laughs> it it's not good. I like the I like the flavor of it. I like what it, the the vibe. But what I you know a treasure hunt whatever and this fantastical you know reality you know that they seem to be going for you know heightened reality but uh no doesn't work so but i'm sure that that could be someone's pick um and though i mean i guess my favorite on this list of his movies would be lethal weapon like i looks like he did the entire lethal weapon series but the first one's a classic i mean come on fighting gary Busey in the rain he, Gary Busey needs a a thing like a Carla, you know, also yeah, her, yeah. Uh, you know, it, it'd just be looking Busey, crazy. You, Utah, get me too. Utah, get me too. He can just <laughs> have that could be his. But uh, I um, that's a classic. So I have not seen that movie in so long. I don't even re- like remember it. Lethal Weapon. Yes. Okay. It's I I. It was one of those that I had uh, Nick, 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 and I watched the first two 
several months ago mm-hmm. and they popped up on HBO or something. I was like, hey, is, you've never seen these. Is two the one where you have the bomb on the toilet? That's the toilet. Yeah. I remember Kruger that. Rants, South South African gold or whatever it was. Like I've seen that one a bunch, but yeah. I, mm-hmm. not the other. Like I've seen all the other ones maybe once. But I, for some reason, I've seen two several times. Yeah. But yeah, I I don't have great. Uh, I, I remember liking it well enough, and I yeah. I, remember, I know all the famous quotes from Riggs and Murtaugh and all that stuff. But yeah. I, it's I mean, not one that I have that, a great. That, that, the the fact that they are Riggs and that Riggs and Murtaugh are a thing, you know that that gives it some credibility. I'm like, you know, people know who Riggs and Murtaugh are. You know, it's, Danny <laughs> Danny Glover was good enough. What, what who do we keep? Who did Michael call? Uh, Donald. Donald. <laughs> Donald. That's what he used to say. Um, anyway. Yeah. I, I, you guys I'm don't have any love for Lady up. Hawk at all? Did, have you I, seen I, that movie? I've watched it in the last five years. I had not seen it back okay. in the day. I mean, yeah. I like fantasy stuff. Yeah. And I, I, I thought it was... Good. That's Michelle Pfeiffer and Rutger Hauer. Rutger Hauer yeah, and, yeah. and somebody else. Who else? Matthew Broderick. Yeah, yeah, Matthew yeah. Broderick. Yeah, yeah that was like, a movie. What, I, it's like one of them, they're both turn into animals or something. Like yes, one, one at night, one, one in the day. <laughs> yes. So it's like, oh, we can never meet up. Uh, right. Eh. Yeah. It, it, believe <laughs> it or not, it's got a cult following out there. It's, oh, it's yeah, kind of yeah, like, yeah. it's on that, oh, not it's on the same. It's got the same, same like, they're, there's there's a group that's big lady it's like, and there's a yeah. there's a bunch for legend. Okay, I was gonna say like Beastmaster. Oh, Beastmaster. Beastmaster's yeah. up here, then like what? Lady Hawk somewhere down in here. But I mean, it doesn't touch Beastmaster. But yeah, I, Beastmaster was the one that I saw when I was a kid. It was oh. if I was at my grandparents, they had eight, they had Skin and Max and HBO. Uh-huh. Like that's I watched Beastmaster. Like oh my god, I couldn't tell you the the love I have for the Beastmaster. Yeah. The Beastmaster and Red Sonia. Oh, yeah. that's a sweet spot for me right there. But those aren't Richard yeah. Donner movies. So. No. no. That's my pick, though. I'm Beastmaster. <laughs> One vote for Beastmaster. <laughs> well, this was a rarity. The patrons were unanimous on this one. Superman? I didn't even look. No. Is that what they, they all voted Goonies. Yeah. <laughs> They get a vote then if they actually were able to. Mm, yeah, they actually was, count. Uh, I'd say they got a better chance of Beastmaster. <laughs> <laughs> Even Valerie chimed in. Valerie doesn't always vote and let her voice be known, but she she must love the Goonies as well because she. They should. They should. You she, know what this group? These people should do. Watch the Goonies. I like <laughs> watch the Goonies. Valerie has learned her lesson. She's not leaving it up to Jared to place her vote for for her anymore. <laughs> she's, she's on top of it. She's like, this is this is gonna happen one time and never again. <laughs> I'm gonna get my vote. Hey, my found the map. One eyed Willie. My dad told me all about him. See, one eyed Willie stole treasure once, and then he got into this cave, and he's been there ever since. You guys, just what if this map could lead to one-eyed Willie's rich stuff? I'm setting booty traps. You mean booby traps? That's what I said, booby traps. I want to go home. Don't say that. Goonies never say die.
Spielberg. The Goonies. Do the truffle shuffle. Come on, do it. I, I love the Goonies. I think it's fun and exciting, but it wasn't. It wasn't one I watched as a kid every weekend. Like it, it wasn't one of those defining movies. I, yeah. I have a lot of love for it, but it. I, I know, would. It wasn't. Yeah, I think I would if I had watched it back then, but mm-hmm. I, I just wasn't. What year was it? It must be too. I must be too old for it. 84, 85. Well, I, you know, I was already. 85. Yeah, 85. I was already. That was Back to the Futureville for me. Like, I, there, I had no time for any Goonies. I was. <laughs> I was. In, I was riding my skateboard. Yeah, I mean, I. Superman's great. Once there was a civilization, much like ours, but with a greater intelligence, greater powers, and a greater capacity for good. Superman is great. You can't discredit it because what it did for that, it it, it invented basically that genre yeah. of yeah, mo- yeah. of movies. It's the first one to do it right. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Because we had had very cheesy, you know, Saturday morning cartoons, and we'd had cheap live action. They didn't put the money in shows. It. Yeah. But yeah, the, the 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 tagline "You'll believe a man can fly" is the most perfect thing for that movie. It was mm-hmm. like, it was uh, he stepped off the comic book page, and it, Christopher Reeve was Superman and Clark Kent, and it was it, a game changer. You know, it took yeah. decades to to get you know mm-hmm. uh, that that quality you know consistently. But and and I think Superman is overlong. The origin story takes up to, it's like an hour. Of him on Krypton with Marlon Brando talking about Krypton yeah, and the yeah. farm and all this stuff. So it's, it's tough. So, but the, once he gets to Metropolis and and Lois shows up and it's it's a wonderful movie. But two is by far a better film. 
it yeah. took everything good about the first one and 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 you know doubled down on it so if if we're going by actor rules where you get you know every incarnation you know mm. that actor's performance i would get superman one and two would would no. likely be my no pick. the only i i'm <laughs> i'm calling audible i want you guys have to pick a superman movie you don't get all of them well, it's not hard than two. It's it's an easy pick. But okay. One is that, the that's a more exciting pick to me than just yes. all the Superman movies. Yeah. Because uh, this is shocking me. I don't know. I barely know the controversy. I don't think I've ever even seen Superman two. So, wow. I'm interested. See, I I had a I had a lot of love for Superman two. Was always my favorite Superman movie. What is what is and this one? Is this it's so weird. This Who's is the, the three guy? the three Kryptonians, yeah. Zod, General Zod, Neil before Zod, and all that. Stuff. That's where all oh, of that okay. comes from. You got so was three... the first one Hackman, the third one's got Richard Pryor or something. Yeah, right? and the fourth one is the nuclear the man. Yeah. The, he's got the fingernails. Um, so yeah, yeah one, one is the land deal, and California's going to fall into the ocean, and he uh, flies around the Earth backwards and turns back time. Like yeah, it's, yeah. there's iconic I, moments, yeah, but it's. It's a very silly comic booky sort of thing. And two, mm. these Kryptonians show up who are, you know, they're equal to Superman's strength, and they put a weapon on him. And you still have like the cellophane s, the yeah, great, he off yeah. his shield. Like, there's always stuff and, that makes you right. Like, the the little the stuff. little boy, um, in the in in is in the small town when they run, and he's got like a British accent. Like, <laughs> there's just a lot of weird stuff in there. But I always loved it as a kid. Um, I realized as an adult that super what Superman the movie was and how important it was. And it was just, you know, it, it's a good movie. The effects were, at the time, you know, pretty amazing. Um, but, yeah, Superman 2 was always, that was my go-to on it. And Superman 3 scared the hell out of me as a little kid. Just that one scene when when the lady um, gets the they have the supercomputer or whatever and the lady go like gets too close to it and it grabs her and turns her into like a robot and she's got the like tin foil on her face and stuff that scared the bejesus I hated that scene I was like nope but um and and it's like Richard Pryor is almost in a different movie there the whole thing so. It, it it was just you know he was a he was hot at the time so they were like well this is the biggest franchise let's get this guy but um anyways so here's the deal <laughs> uh, folks <laughs> I uh, so you're saying the audience voted for the Goonies I'm gonna stay out of it i'm gonna make you guys choose it because i'm just gonna say lethal weapon because that's my favorite richard donner movie so you guys are either gonna have to decide if you're going with the audience or you're getting together and doing something so um or we can just throw the whole thing in the wash and go beastmaster That would be a kapow thing to do. That would be. <laughs> that would shock the world. We don't like any of this stuff. <laughs> We're just picking the Beastmaster. Yeah, that's Mark Singer. In your board officially... before this, in your board before this episode, why is Beastmaster the best Richard Donner movie? <laughs> um, no. I... Welcome to this episode just... of Buddha Vest. There you go. <laughs> 
this whole list is full of really strong movies that I don't have a lot of affinity for. Mm. A lot of like culturally important movies that I didn't watch a lot of. So mm-hmm. I think The Omen is a terrific, important horror film mm. in the genre. You know, I think Lethal Weapon, big... Lethal oh, yeah. Weapon changed the the face of you know buddy cop movies. You know, yeah. Scrooge, the Christmas classic, the, mm-hmm. the the toy, a comedy classic. Like there's so mm. many culturally important movies on these, but uh, none of them are in my personal rotation. Yeah. So I. I I, I feel like Superman 2 is a safer pick. It's the one that means the most to me. That's but I could also lean I could easily lean Goonies. Uh it's it's different from everything else on the list for sure. And it seems to be the, the consensus yeah. pick of uh like I said people of our generation. Like I said, um you know, Superman, Superman 2, great. But um I think I actually, uh, after I thought saw the list, I thought the Goonies was actually going to be my pick. So I would agree with the patrons, and my pick would also go to the Goonies. Well, there it is, guys. So I'll pick Superman too. Seth can pick Lethal Weapon, and we'll have a we'll oh, have like, a we'll have a wide selection. Like, don't put me on. Uh, just, put, I, I I'm going in officially Beastmaster. So, <laughs> in the annals of history, on Richard Donner's tombstone, surprisingly, it won't say that Superman lies. Or it will be just a map leading to his grave, <laughs> where the Goonies can all you Goonies fans can go there on your quest with your pirate map and your one good eye and find mm. one-eyed Willie treasure. Yep. There you go, Richard Donner, the Goonies. We did it. The Goonies are good enough. Goonies. Was, uh, what was the tagline? Goonies never say die? N- yeah, never die. Or yeah. never say die, that's it. Yeah, yeah. never say die. Yeah. Chester Copperpot! Don't you guys see? Don't you realize? He was a pro. He never made it this far. Look how far we've come. We got a chance. Chance at what, Mikey? Getting killed? Look, if we keep going, someone's really going to get hurt. Maybe dead. Besides, we got to get to the police. Maybe Chunk already got to the police. Maybe Chunk is dead. Don't say that. Never say that. Goonies never say die. I'm not a goonie. I want to go home. I forgot. But still, don't you realize? The next time you see Sky. It'll be over another town. The next time you take a test, it'll be in some other school. Our parents, they want the best of stuff for us. But right now they gotta do what's right for them. Cause it's their time. Their time. Up there. Down here it's our time. It's our time down here. That's all over the second we ride up Troy's bucket. That's uh, it's a it's a famed loved movie. So uh I don't know where you go from there. That's it. That's it. We wrap it up. That's where we go.
Hey, you guys. Thanks for listening to Never watched Bo Burnham. Go watch. <laughs> All right. Bye forever. We'll see you later. Professional. <laughs> God, can't, we can't just be like stick in the mud, same thing every time. <laughs> Cut them off. They don't want to listen oh, to all that mumbo jumbo. Kapow, the pop cultured podcast, is intended for entertainment and information purposes only. Sounds, music, and clips played during the podcast are property of copyright holders. All original content is property of www.udamwithkpp.com. If you enjoyed this podcast, please subscribe and leave a comment. Kapow, the pop cultured podcast is available on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Podbean, Spotify, and wherever podcasts can be found. You can connect with us through social media on Facebook, YouTube, at the Kapow Podcast on Twitter, or email the show Kapow, the pop cultured podcast at gmail.com. If you really want to go the extra mile, please sign up to be a patron through the Podbean app or our website, www.udamwithkpp.com, to receive special content and early access to some episodes. We are grateful to anyone that chooses to contribute. But please know that most of our content will always remain free, so please continue to like, comment, and share.